coming in hot, hot, hot. Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, 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 welcome back to this episode of I Date Money. Today, I have the honor and privilege of hanging out with Ann Watson. She is a business strategy coach and the host of Swayology Podcast. I love that, Swayology. You're gonna have to tune in and hear all about this. She helps coaches and communicators think like a business so they can inspire like a boss by getting crystal clear about their niche and creating a transformational offer that gets results. She currently lives in Dallas, Texas area, the big state. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here, for hanging out with us. Um, I, I like your sign in the background. I know our viewers can't see it, so I'll just read it. It says, ready is a lie. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to be on your show. I love your concept, and I'm just excited about our conversation today. So I just am excited to be here. And then, yes, I have that sign behind me in my little recording studio here, ready is a lie, because it's, it's something that I actually heard an influencer say many years ago, and it it hit me in the gut because so many of us are constantly waiting to feel ready, to have enough knowledge, to have enough structure, systems, money, whatever it is in order to start chasing the big dream, to do the thing, to take any step forward in a purpose or calling, whatever it is. And there is no such thing as ready. It is OJT, baby, on-the-job training. You have got to do, to learn, to win, to fail, to do all the things. You've got to do it. If you wait until you're ready, you're never going to do anything, and you're never going to feel the satisfaction of having pursued that dream and win or lose, putting yourself out there and finding out, is this your thing? Is it the thing that you do that serves others? Ready is a lie. We cannot wait for ready in order to do the thing that we're meant to do. That is so true. And so many of our listeners believe that certain things have to happen in order to move forward, especially if they're transitioning from nine to five into entrepreneurship. So that is definitely going to be a soundbite. <laughs> we have to create a soundbite because that is a very powerful message and yeah. it's 100% truth. You, you just have to do it. And I always reflect back on my job when I was working nine to five, have having that on the job training, right? Like, you know, you went to, you know, the, the, the courses, the required mandate training, but then yep. everything you had to apply was on the job. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs will look at that and say, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I'm going to hire this coach and hire that coach to kind of piece it together. And they end up spending all this money um, investing themselves and not really seeing an ROI. So in your experience, I know we talked pre-show, you've been doing this for five years, helping people really like nail their niche and all of that. What's the most, I want to say economical way, the most frugal way to be ready and start a, 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 an entrepreneurial journey? It's honestly such a complicated answer for me because 
I am a coach, but I can tell you that in the years that I've been doing this, hiring a coach is the quickest way to shorten your learning curve and start seeing results. Hiring somebody who's gone before you, who understands the business, who's made the mistakes, who can then speak into your nitty gritty idea and help you avoid any pitfalls and mistakes. It's the best way to accelerate or advance what you're doing. And even more than that, it's the best way for you to not lose money because I spent so much money buying all the courses, all the workshops. I've even, I've been in group programs, paid masterminds, all the things. And so much of that was wasted money that had I even gotten a little bit better about what my niche was, all of that would have been a bigger payoff. So I guess what you need to do is figure out that thing you want to do, that niche. And if you can't hire a coach to help you figure it out and then hire a coach to help you learn what you don't know and move forward easier, faster, smarter. Yeah. And you save so much money that way. Cause I know a yeah. lot of, a lot of people starting off, especially if they're still have their nine to five and they want to transition to entrepreneurship, they get frustrated so quickly and they start going after all these freebies. I mean, we're inundated with, oh, do this free workshop, grow your Facebook group, do this for tracking. This is, you know, it gets overwhelming and knowing how to hire the right coach to get the maximum ROI. I always like to say, it's not the coach that's going to get you the results. It's their experience, how you connect with them, but you have to do the work. 100%. And a lot of time people will invest all this time and money and not get the results. And then they're like, well, did their program didn't work. No, all programs work. It's just, it may not have been the right program for you because you didn't really think about what it is you want to do. There was so much confusion So being really careful and cautious, like I see a lot of people investing in affiliate marketing and, oh, and just, you know, and, and blockchain and and this and that. And it's like, okay, before you make this investment, really look at the bigger picture. So in your, in the past five years that you've been doing your business, what's the best investment that you've made? Well, for sure, personalized coaching. So the first couple of years of my business, I was spending money on the courses and the workshops, the things that were not directly connected to a coach who could speak to me in my business. And about the third year, the beginning of the third year, I actually got into a coaching mastermind group where there were 20 women and one coach who had a multi-million dollar business. And the deal was it was six months and you got one-on-one time and you got group coaching and you got Voxer access, which is a walkie talkie app. So I could have personal one-on-one conversations with this coach. And that changed everything because the first two years, and I knew the first couple of years, I probably wouldn't be making a profit, but that third year, once I hired the coach and she could speak directly into my business and show me where I was spending my time that wasn't getting me an ROI, where to invest my time that would, I tripled my business, became extremely profitable because I had the expertise of somebody who had gone before me. Not Mm -hmm. only that, but because it was a small group of 20 women, I became really good friends and built an entrepreneurial community with a lot of those women that I am still in contact with today. I love that. Yeah. And we, we, 
I talked about that beforehand, that one-to-one coaching, that small group, you do, you create that intimate relationship and the friendships that prosper from that are just so amazing. And I, I like how your coach geared you towards profit. You know, this is what you were doing. And you had mentioned that you didn't make a profit for the first two years. Right. And, you know, one of the things is a profit first professional is we want everyone to make a profit. You know? Absolutely. We want people to make a profit. And so why did you believe you couldn't make a profit in the first couple of years of your business? I was a new entrepreneur and didn't know really what I was doing. And so I kept my expectations on myself low. Now, knowing what I know now, I would have done it very differently in those first couple of years, I would have focused more on the profit, but even as a brand new entrepreneur, I think for some people, and in my world, I work with a lot of communicators. So I work with ministry people, speakers, podcasters, writers, authors. There's a lot of mental hula hoops that you have to deal with around the idea of making money. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted to make money. I knew making money was valuable but I wanted to just sort of dip my toe in the water and see what this entrepreneurial journey was going to be like. I was more interested in figuring out what I was doing and whether or not I liked it. And if I could get clients, then I was worried about whether or not I was bringing in money at first, but mm -hmm. the two things are very tied together. Mm -hmm. I think every time I made money, which I wasn't, in huge debt at the end of the each year. But every time I did make money, it was building my confidence that what I was doing, I was on the right track. So I can only imagine that in those first couple of years, if I had made a profit because I'd been focused on that, what that would have done for my confidence and my offers and my relationship with my clients, it would have been amazing. And not that it was bad. It's just, I didn't have my focus there. Right. And I, I'm so glad that you shared that with us because a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, believe they connect with these, you know, marketing coaches, business coaches, what have you that are making, you know, million dollars. They don't know the story behind like their journey behind that and how long it took them to get to those figures and how they showed up. Right. And then they teach them their systems and, you know, we make a decision. Our mindset is like, I don't want to do that. I can't show up that way. Or we tell ourselves these stories. Right. Right. But it's funny because when I, I retired from Social Security Administration after a 30-year career, but I used to work with a lot of self-employed, you know, business owners, corporate, all, all those things, right? And it was a known fact, and I'm doing little air quotations here, that if you're a business owner, it's going to take five years to realize a profit. And mm -hmm. that's that's one of the lies that are out there because every single time you know, the industry says to cover your expenses, you know, your, your first and everybody wants to avoid taxes, <laughs> or just of course. Go there, right? No one wants to pay taxes, but yet, you know, when it comes to social security retirement, they want a cash benefit, right? Or of course, if, you know, if something happens, they get disabled, they want a disability benefit, but a lot of self-employed um, business owners, or even, you know, LLCs, whoever, they didn't pay enough into the system to get something out and therefore they don't have anything. So with profit first, we look at it and we're like, no, every single time you receive income, take a profit, take ownership, yes. then work with your operating expenses. And, you know, knowing what those operating expenses are, like what are the bare bones that you need to be a successful entrepreneur and having that foundation in, in the very beginning so as you grow and as you build, as you hit six, seven, eight figures, whatever, you got this simple system in place 
that is creating wealth right from the get-go. And, you know, taxes are covered, profit, owners, comp is covered. Everything is accounted for. So when you think about your business and you waited two years to make a profit, what was what would you say was the biggest? And um, I like to call things that we invest in things that we pay for investments, because every time sure. you invest in something, a coach, a software or whatever, you're using that to grow your business. A lot of people Absolutely. will call it debt. Like, you know, I've heard of tech debt. We, we buy all these programs to get into tech debt, um, you know, and trying different things, you know, CRM programs and things like that. So in the beginning of your, um, your journey, what was your tech debt? What was the thing that you invested in that you're like, this doesn't really help me grow my uh, profit? Well, you know, there's actually a couple of things. I mean, I, like I said, I've invested in workshops and courses, which were good information, but I don't think that there's a one size fits all solution for people. And so I wasn't able to get feedback on my specific idea or my specific niche or my specific issue. And so the courses and the workshops that were very expensive were helpful but they weren't moving me forward the way I needed to because there were specific questions I couldn't get answered. It wasn't until I got into a mastermind group with a coach that could give me one-on-one -on -one feedback that light bulbs started to happen. I had all the information, but when I was able to have somebody explain to me how to apply it specifically to my business, my solution, my you know problem that I'm solving, that made all the difference. Uh, in terms of tech debt, you know, I started out, I bought subscriptions to everything. I'm like, oh, well, I need Asana and I need the big expensive thing for Grammarly and like, you name it, any kind of tech solution out there, I wanted to try it. And so I spent a ton of money on an email service provider, on a website, on all the different things. And I knew going in that I wasn't ultimately going to end up using most of them, but I was giving myself permission to try it, play with it, fail at it, see if it worked for me. So it actually took me a while to figure out the system that worked for me. But like you said, ultimately what I ended up doing was dumping all of those things that I wasn't using or I didn't like, or it just didn't work for me. It didn't fit my style of working and stripping down to kind of the bare bones tech stack that does work for me. And mm -hmm. that is more cost effective and I'm using the things consistently and that has made all the difference. Yeah. Especially in your pocketbook, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. No question. So are you an LLC or are you um, self-employed for tax purposes? Self-employed right now. And I will probably do the LLC at some point. I just, it hasn't been an urgent thing yet. And so yeah. I have the tax identification number and yeah, we'll go from there when you're ready. Yeah. So with your self-employment, with your, um, your business expenses, you know, I always, you know, tell everyone like you, you need to keep your business expenses separate from your personal expenses. Yes. And a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, I want to say kickback, I guess is the right word maybe that I get is, but I have to use that money to pay my personal expenses. Well, okay. But you're going to cut yourself a paycheck. <laughs> and right. Right. They don't, they're like, no, I need to take all of the money that I have and put it back into my business to grow it so I can make more money. And like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> that that right. mindset needs to be changed. So when you, 
I'm assuming that you draw a salary from your business, from your income, from your gross. Yes. Rates, yes. And you keep your money separate from your business and your personal. You have two separate accounts set up. 100%. What's that like for you? Like on a personal thing. So we date money here, right? Dating money is all about that intimate relationship with money. If you think about speed dating, when you first go on a date, you're like a little shy and you're like, I'm not sure if this is the one I want to hang out with and partner with. And then as you mature your relationship, you end up becoming partners with money. So in your personal um, experience, you're drawing that salary from your self-employment income and putting it into your personal expenses. What was that feeling like for you? And did you consider it like a partnership or did you dread it or what happened when you, when you make that transaction, especially in the beginning of your journey? Well, you know, to me, because I have a background in corporate banking, that was just sort of a normal thing that you did. It wasn't necessarily a big aha moment for me, but mostly what I do is I put it into savings. It's money that I try not to touch unless I need to, or saving up for something big, I like the security of knowing that it's there. So I really try not to spend it. So just moving it into an account where I can see it grow without really touching it too often is a luxury that I didn't think that I would have. And mm -hmm. it's, I, I definitely tap into that when I need it, but I do also find a lot of joy in investing back into my business and investing in other people's businesses. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun for me. The first time this happened, I had somebody that I respect and admire in the business world who basically was running a capital campaign. They needed a cash influx so that they could get some tech stuff done in their tech company. And I believed in what that person was doing. And what I did was I took some of the money that I had earned as a profit and I invested it in their business. And that was such a glorious feeling for me that that's you know, one of the biggest goals that I have is to be able to continue to invest in other people's businesses. If it's a good investment, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, making sure that I understand what the CEO is doing and that I feel like it's a good plan in place, investing in other people's businesses that felt like freedom to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's what in uh, my, my money multiplier system, that's what we talk about is <clears throat> giving that 10% to support other, you know, charities, businesses, whatever it is you want to do. And it's such, it creates that, you know, reciprocal energy of giving and receiving. It's such a beautiful thing. So yeah. I'm assuming that you have multiple income streams coming in. If you're saving your profit, you're saving your paycheck from your business um, and just saving it and watching it grow. That's cool. But what about your personal expenses? Like how do you manage like all those household things, the four walls, well, I am in a fortunate position to be married to somebody who can handle most of those things. Awesome. And so this business is, it's not just my business. It's my joy. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a, a hobby. It's where I just invest myself and my time because I love it. And, you know, if I need to tap into my savings account, my business savings, my profit, I can Mm -hmm. but I just try not to right now because I'm in the fortunate position of not having to. Yeah. That's a great position to be in having options. It is. It one is. Of the, yeah. One of the beautiful things about being an entrepreneur and uh, having a partner to help you be able to do all those things. That's beautiful. Yeah. So when you were, you know, even back, if you think back when you first started, um, 
you had a lot of guidance. You connected with a lot of different coaches. You said you signed up for courses and things. What's the best advice you received from anyone, words of wisdom that you'd like to share that may help someone get that aha moment? Well, that's going to be different for everybody, right? I am a coach who loves the one-on-one experience. And I had spent a lot of time building websites and sales funnels and lead magnets and all of those things, but it wasn't doing discovery calls. And so I was in a session with my coach. She was asking me if I was doing discovery calls. I told her no. She explained to me how to do them. I hung up the phone with her. I reached out to a potential client, a lead, and asked, invited them to do a discovery call. They did. And I signed that client within the hour. Nice. And so understanding that magic of discovery calls and personally connecting with people and hearing about what their struggles are, and then being able to speak into how I would help them solve that was a huge thing. That interpersonal relationship building community experience is everything in my business. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that that applies to everyone, but for me, that magic of discovery calls was a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And then of course, running a lean business, paying yourself first, making sure that you've got the best offer that truly solves the problem of your ideal client, learned all of those things in a way that was personal to me. Mm -hmm. So it was more than just a course. It was somebody giving me feedback and speaking into my business. And that was huge. Yeah, uh, that would be when you find the right connections, it just gives you that sense of peace, you know, and it's like, you know, with the, I have a money dating game, there's seven archetypes. And one of the archetypes is, you know, Grant, the giver and Ian, the investor Sam, the saver are, are a few of them. And when you're talking and thinking, I, as you were talking, I was like imagining every single one of those. We all have the seven personalities in us, but there's like, you know, sure. one, one that drives. And I can really see like you, you love to give and creating those one-to-one. So that's really beautiful. What, so you've told us a little bit about your program. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, share the details? So when I first started out, you know, five years ago, it was strategy and marketing mostly. But what I figured out, and this is so important, I think, as a business owner, is to really listen to feedback from your people, from your community, from your clients. What I really figured out for me is that the people that I loved to work with the most were the ones that had a million ideas. And they felt like they were all over the place and they wanted to start a business and start making a profit, but they didn't know which idea to pick or where to start. And those were some of the things that I would get excited about doing. And so while I started out with strategy and marketing, I have really sort of niched down myself into helping other people find their niche and It's so funny to me how time and again, people are like, I just have a million ideas. I'm like, all right, spit them out. I want to hear your million ideas. And they tell them to me and I'm like, okay, do you see how they're connected? They're related in this way, this way, and this way, which means that what you're trying to say is this one thing. Mm -hmm. And it is such a fun moment when you see the light bulb go off that their million ideas are actually all connected, that Mm -hmm. it's not a linear scale of ideas. It's more like a wheel. And all of these things are coming off of one central idea. And that is what I love to do is help them find that central idea. So I love to help people really figure out what is that niche to stop feeling like they have a million ideas and that they're all over the place and get a plan together, start setting goals, 
Start figuring out the problem you solve, how to articulate it, and then how to create a signature offer that's going to transform other people's lives. Mm -hmm. I really love working with coaches because they're just in the nitty gritty and it just, it excites me to help them. Yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful. I I have a few clients in mind that I'd like to refer to because uh, I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who just can't quite put their offer together. And like, we work on money mindset and it's just like, well, maybe you're not doing the right niche thing. And I'm like, okay, who can I refer you to? So, Oh, send them my way. I I literally like nerd out over this stuff. I get so excited and it's such a joy for me to hear about new ideas and help people understand that thing they're trying to say. I don't know why that seems so hard for us. And it's hard for me because, you know, you can't read your own label. If you're a bottle of something. You can't turn around and read your own label, but somebody else can. And that's what I love to do. Yeah. And it's so important to connect with a coach that you can relate to that can help you with that. Because like I said, I I know thousands and thousands of coaches and a lot of times like, you know, you get in that sea of, of, of the group coaching and you don't get what you need because you're more of a one-to-one person and knowing how you operate. Like I did a human design um, uh, assessment. And it was like, Oh, okay. No wonder. And like, and then I really realized like, this is what I want to do. But when I first started my online journey in August of 20, it was like, well, you're going to do this, this, and this, and you're going to get fitted into this template, this mold and do these things. And I was like, I don't like doing those things. You know, I, I don't like doing workshops. I don't like, you know, going live on Facebook and talking at people to me, that's no fun, but podcasting now that's the jam. Right. Exactly. And we'll find what, what it is that we love to talk about. It brings us joy. It's never, ever work. Like I don't consider it. I retired. Right. And people are like, oh, you're semi-retired. I'm like, no, what I'm doing is, is so much fun. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and it should be. So, and that's how exactly how it is. So I love what you're doing and the services that you're providing for people. Um, so if you could share one tip with our audience, something that will just help them to really niche down or, or, you know, make thinking about something that's going to help them. Like if, when they niche down, they're going to make a profit. It's just, it goes hand in hand. Yes. What is one tip you can give our audience? So I think the idea of niching down for a lot of people is scary because they think they're going to be married to it for the rest of their lives. And so I kind of teach a philosophy of niche and release, which is let's figure out the niche you want to begin with. We're going to commit to that for six months to a year. We're going to put all of our resources into that. And during that time, you begin to learn, you listen, you research, you get feedback from people and you pay attention to what do I love speaking into and what do my people need from me the most? And then at the end of the six months or the year, we evaluate, where are you in this business? You have niched down in this area. Do we need to evolve? Do we need to pivot? Do we need to tweak? I want you to commit and go all in without thinking about it any other way for a period of time where you can be consistent about it, but learn and then give yourself permission to change it after you've committed for a while so that it better serves you and better serves your audience. So yes, I want to help people niche down. But I also want them to know this is not the last niche you were ever going to have. This is different from a marriage contract. 
this is I date niching, right? Like you date money, it's I date niching. Let's keep doing this until we figure out that sweet spot of what you truly love and where you serve the most people. Mm -hmm. And that takes a little bit of time. So get ready to niche and then get ready to release because we're going to figure this out and it's going to be a journey. And at the end of it, you're going to love it and be so passionate about it and jump out of bed every morning because you cannot wait to get to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how we want to feel when it comes to our business and when it comes to receiving money, because if we don't love what we're doing, it actually blocks money. And we tell money, Hey, you go get, go take a hike. I don't like it. I don't like my offer. I don't like this. And you actually prevent yourself from earning money. So for those of you listening, if you are really struggling with niching down and you don't, you know, you're confused about all the different things that you've heard. I know there's a lot of information. I I can just recall all the information in my head. You really want to connect with Anne and find out like niche to release, because this is going to open up that, you know, we talk about manifesting money. Okay. This is going to open up that door where you're going to earn more money because you're going to want to show up authentically the way you're designed to show up, not into some kind of template or or what have you. So remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.